0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاه والسلام على اشرف الانبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى اله واصحابه اجمعين اما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته اللهم انفعنا بما علمتنا وعلمنا ما ينفعنا ارزقنا علما تنفعنا به امين رب العالمين الحمد لله ثم الحمد لله وي كونتينيوينغ اجاين ويس الفقه والصلاه and we've completed last week the chapters of sujudu Sahwi, sujudu Tilawa, and sujudu Shukr. So tonight we move on to the next chapter, which is Bab Salatut Tatawh. Baab Salatut Tatawuhr. What does at mean? Sal Salatut. So in Islam, in the Sharia, we have Bab means chapter. chapter heading. 12. Right, Ba'ab Salatul Um Our Salah is categorized into two categories. We've got the Fariba, the Wajibat, or the obligatory prayers, and then we've got the Tatawwu' prayers. Also known as the Sunnahs. Right? We call it the Sunnah prayers, it's actually the Tatawwu' prayers. Right? Um, just like with Zakah, just like with fasting and Hajj, we've got two types. We've got Fard. And then we've got tatawwu' tatawwu' right? And this is from Allah Azza mercy upon this ummah, that he has given us the faraid, and he has given us the tatawwu' Why is this a mercy? Because naturally, insan, they have shortcomings and they don't fulfill the faraid in the best possible manner. And they miss out on certain issues and certain obligatory parts of the deen. And obligatory parts of that, ibadah, right? They don't give it its due haq. So what does the tatawr do? The mustahab or the sunnah, salas, what does it do? It makes up for the, the faults. It makes up for the the shortcomings, the deficiencies in that ibadah. As a hadith in Sahih Muslim says, uh, that the Fara'id they will be completed by the Nawafil on the day of Qiyamah. Right, this hadith is actually in Abu Dawood and at I said Muslim by mistake. Right? It's actually Abu Dawud, at and Ahmad. Okay, this hadith says that the obligatory matters will be completed by the voluntary deeds, by the Nawafil. On the day of Qiyamah. Which means any deficiency in your fard will be made up for by your, by your sunnahs. So if your fard salah was deficient and who from amongst us can say our salah is not deficient. If your salah is deficient how can you make up for it? You increase in your nawafil. You do more sunnah salahs. If your hajj is deficient make another hajj bi If your umrah is deficient make another umrah bi If your zakah is deficient Give sadaqah. You understand? Sadaqah is ta'tawu. Zakah is fard. Wahakada. Your fard, your fasting of Ramadan is deficient. How are you going to make up for it? Make nafil fast. Do nafil fast. Voluntary fast throughout the year can make up for the deficiencies in your faraid. So remember that principle. This is the imp- one of the most important things about the nawafil deeds. About the voluntary deeds in Islam is that it makes up for the Deficiencies of the deeds in Islam. So Ibn Uthaymin, rahimahullah, he says, the categories of the Salat al-Tawwuh is of four. When it comes to Salat al-Tawwuh, there's four different categories. Number one, At-Tawwuh al-Muqayyad, that which is restricted to a specific time. The Tawwuh Salah, which is restricted to a particular time. For example, Witter, Witr has a specific time. You mentioned duha, that's good. Duha has only a specific time. You cannot make duha after duhar. You cannot make duha before fajr. It has a specific time. Right? Then we've got tatawuh, which is um, muqayyad bifard. Right? It is restricted to the fard. You got the tatawuh salah, which are? Restricted to the fard salahs, Like your rawatib. Remember these terms, these are important words to remember, okay? It's, it's important that we learn these words. Rawatib, what are the rawatib? If you are learning fit, it's good to know terminologies, you understand? Rawatib are the, the salahs that are connected to the faraid. Those sunnah salahs that are connected to the fard salahs. Understand? Like the 12 salats that, that are to be done daily, Okay, well, we're going to get to that hadith, but that is the Rawatib. It's good to know these words, the Rawatib. They are, they are connected to the Fard Salahs. You cannot make a Rawatib prayer in some random time. It has to be done in its time either before or after the Fard, depending when it's supposed to be done. Then we've got Tatawu' which is restricted to any specific reason, any other sabab, like tahiyatul Masjid. It's a it's not fard, but it's done for a reason. When you enter the masjid, you greet the masjid by praying two raka'at. For example, right? Number four is al-mutlaq, that which is unrestricted. We've got voluntary prayers which are unrestricted. A prayer that you make any time, it's not restricted or connected to any particular time or salah or any reason. You just stand up and you pray two raka'at. For the sake of Allah, mutlaq mean unrestricted. Understand? So those are the four categories of tatawu' salah. Understand? The first one we said was that which is connected to a spe- specific time, like witr or duha. Then we said that which is connected to the fard, like the rawatib. Then we said that which is connected to another uh-huh. reason, like tahit masjid And that which is unrestricted. Four, huh? Said that is Tata Wuf. Tata Wuf with the Ain. No, no, the one that is restricted. Restricted to? What's the terminology for the one that's restricted? Restricted to what? Uh, like restricted salahs, like for example, your bitter as a restricted. That's restricted to a specific time. Specific a time, Wakt. Yeah. That is most restricted one. So, what's the terminology? Tata Wuf. Tata Restricted to a particular time. So, just Tata Tatawu' means uh, voluntary. voluntary, sunnah. No, but what's it like for example, Rawatib is sunnah-salah um, connected to the fourth salah. That's, that's a terminology. So what's a terminology for? It doesn't r- have, a, doesn't have terminology. No terminology. There's no specific terminology. They're just example like witr or Salat al duha okay. It's, uh, right? So we look at the first hadith, right? We look at the first hadith in the chapter. It's narrated by Rabi'a ibn Ka'b. Al-Aslami, radiallahu anhu, he said... قَالَ لي النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم. The Prophet وسلم, he said to me, Sal. Sal, Which means, basically means is'al. Ask. Ask. Why did he say this? رَبِعَ the Sahabi He did something for the Prophet Sallallahu Some need that the Prophet had, رَبِعَ fulfilled it for him. He did something good for the Prophet Sallallahu And so the Messenger of Allah said to him, Sal. Meaning, ask what you like in return, as a reward, right? Let me give you something in return. And this is, right? Uh, so what did he say? What did Rabi'ah say? Rabi'ah said, As-aluka I ask for your companionship in Jannah. I ask for your companionship in Jannah. So Rasulullah sallallahu wasallam said, said, is there anything else? Anything else that you want? He said, That's what I want. That's what I want. Subhanallah. So as Ibn Thaymi, rahimahullah, he says, um, This man, Rabi'ah, his himmah was extremely great. He's, he, you know, like lofty aspirations. When you want the best for yourself, when you strive for the best, this is what he wanted. He didn't want anything of the dunya. He didn't want anything that's Lowly, that's going to be gone tomorrow. He said, I want your companionship in Jannah. He aimed for the best. The Prophet said, Ask. Imagine a king says to you, Ask. What are you going to ask for? You're not going to ask for something minor. You're going to oh, ask, I'll take a 50 rand. Right? The king of Saudi tells you, Ask. What are you going to ask for? Think about it. You think of something lavish. You think of something great because we know what he has to give. He's got billions and trillions. Rasulullah is better than any king. said, Ask. And instead of asking for any dunya we think, look at the Sahabi's understanding, he said, I ask for your companionship in Jannah. The best thing you can possibly get. And then Rasulullah said, anything else? He said, that? that is all I want. If I get that, Alhamdulillah, what else do I possibly need? So what did Rasulullah then say? He said, Fa'ainni ala nafsika sujoodi Muslim. He then said to him, make it easy for yourself help yourself make that what you are looking for what you want easy for yourself by doing what by doing plenty of sujood by doing plenty of sujood. by doing lots of sujood by increasing in your sujood what does this mean lots of salah this doesn't mean sujood al-shukr or sujood al No, it means lots of salah. He just used the word sujood because sujood is one of the main pillars of the salah. And this was known in the speech of the Arabs. So what's he saying? If you want my companionship in Jannah, make that easy for yourself by doing lots of salah. Do as much prayer, salawat as you possibly can. This is going to make it easier for you. <coughs> Understand? So that's the first hadith. Ibn Uthaymin rahimahullah, he says that from the benefits of this hadith is the, the excellent akhlaq of Rasulullah sallallahu and that he did not leave anybody who did something good for him except that he rewarded him, that he gave something in return. You understand? And uh, he says in a hadith, Man sanaa ilaykum fakafi'uhu Whosoever does any good towards you, then reward him. Give him something in return, right? Any person who does good to you, do something good in, in return. This is how a Muslim should be. And this is what the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi is proving and showing to us in this hadith. Um, and here yeah, Ibn Uhtayyim, he says there's many benefits to this itself, just to reward people with, with goodness. They do good, you do good in return. From the examples he says is, this gives people Motivation to continue doing more good. If this is the sunnah that we start spreading, I do good to you, you do good back to me. And then I then do it does back to me. What's gonna happen? It's never going to stop. Right? Nobody's gonna feel left out. Nobody's gonna feel you oh, they never I never get anything in return. You know? Oh, this never ever I'm just doing good and nothing comes to me. People feel like this at times and we shouldn't feel like this, but the shaitan is at work. But if we continuously try and reward each other and help each other out and, you know, show the same type of goodness to each other that will only motivate others and each other, the people, to continue doing this, right? Another benefit Ibn Uthayyman mentions is this keeps you on even terms. This keeps you on even terms. If somebody does good for you, and he does good for you, and you never do anything for him, who's better? Who has more of a status over in terms of each other? Are you on even grounds? You are not on even grounds because he continuously does you favors and helps you out and does things for you where you can't do anything or you don't do anything for him. You understand? So it, by, by, by you know, giving back this keeps you on even terms. As the hadith says khayru <laughs> min The upper hand is always better than the lower hand. So you know, let's level the terms. Don't be the lower hand because the upper hand is always better. The upper hand meaning, they do more. They, they, they exert themselves, you don't do anything. You just sit there and receive. you the lower hand. So they are better than you. This is the way, this is basically what Ibn Uthaymin is saying, right? Level the terms. They show you goodness, you show them in return. This should be the way of the Muslim and this was the way of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi um, Wasallam. In fact, he says, take away all that benefits that we just mentioned, the best benefit is you following the sunnah of Rasulullah. You're following his commands. This is what he said you should do. So even if you take away that benefits we just mentioned, if you just do it because you're following the sunnah, yakfik, that's sufficient for you. Understand? You're following the sunnah. You're fulfilling the instruction of the Prophet wasallam. And every instruction of the messenger is full of barakah and khair. So that is already enough. Just for that reason. Because the Prophet said, anybody who does good to you, do good to him, reward him for that. Understand? That should be sufficient for us, bi idnillahi, ta'ala. Another benefit is we see the high lofty aspirations that this Sahabi Rabi'ah had. He didn't want something trivial, something minor. You know, you ask a child for something in return, they're going to tell you a toy, they're going to tell you something silly because they're children, they don't realize. But as believers, our aspirations should be higher, right? We should be aiming for more. Like the hadith, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi said, when you ask Allah for Jannah, don't ask him for Jannah. What should you say? Those. Ask him for Al-Firdaus. Don't ask for Jannah, aim higher. Aim higher and this should be the, the way of the believer, that he always aims for the best. This is Ihsan, this is one of the concepts of Ihsan, that we aim for the best. Aim for perfection. And if you miss, at least you get close. That should be the, the mindset of the believer. We will never be perfect, but we can get as close as possible. You understand? That's the believer. If you do anything, do it perfectly. <laughs> Indeed, Allah prescribed ihsan in everything. If you memorize the Quran, be the best in that. You, 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 you do a certain job, be the best in that. That's what this deen wants. Understand? Look at the, the lofty aspiration of his companion. If you're aiming for Jannah, which we should all be aiming for Jannah, don't aim to be the last person to enter Jannah. Don't aim to just reach. Aim to be in Al-Firdaus. Ask Allah for and work for, for Al-Firdaus. And another benefit of this hadith is we see the fadl of salah. We see the virtue of salah. Because what did Rasul, Rasulullah ﷺ say? If you want to have my companionship in Jannah, help yourself in doing that, in achieving that by doing lots of salah. This proves to us that salah is one of the reasons that will enter us into paradise. Salah is one of the reasons that will raise our rank in paradise. So the more salah you perform, picture yourself raising up through Jannah, through the levels of Jannah, through that salah. Um, Another benefit the Sheikh mentions is our a'mal. Is done to benefit ourselves your deeds is your benefit your deeds is not going to benefit me and my deeds are not going to benefit you your deeds is to benefit yourself your righteousness your good deeds is not for your father it's not for anybody else it's for yourself and how is this hadith proving this the nabi said to him make it easy for yourself help yourself by lots of sujood by lots of salah. Understand how this proves this point? That when you make salah, you are helping yourself. You are benefiting yourself. You are assisting yourself to get closer to Rasulullah in his level in Jannah. Understand? Tayyip, Mas'ala, the Sheikh says, Can we take from this incident of Rabi'ah that lots of raka'at are better than making it lengthy? Right, making the prolonging the raka'at lengthy discussion but basically the sheikh says that his summary is that it, it depends sometimes the asal is to recite long and to prolong the ruku and to prolong the sujood and so forth understand so the salah is balanced the salah is balanced everything is you know in its place and this is how Rasulullah made salah. He didn't only lengthen the qira'ah, he lengthened everything. But at times it depends, you know, it depends what's better for you. And we are talking here more about the nafil salah, right? Salatul tatawuq. So he says, do what's going to benefit you depending on your situation. If your situation is such that reciting longer at this point in time is going to benefit you, then do that. If your situation is reciting a little bit shorter at times it's going to benefit you, then do that. And so forth. You're going to play it according to your situation, according to your condition. And Allah Azza wa Jal knows best. The next hadith, are there any questions on this hadith? Taib, the next hadith is from Ibn Umar radiallahu who said, He says, I memorized, I preserved from the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallama tin rak'at, two before zuhur raka'atayni qabla zuhri two before zuhur raka'atayni ba'daha and two after zuhur wa raka'atayni ba'dal maghribi wa uh, fi baytihi and two raka'at after maghrib and then he says in his home where did all of this happen in the house of Rasulullah sallallahu wa بَعْدَ الْعِشَاءِ فِي بَيْتِهِ and two raka'at after Isha' in his home وَرَكْعَعْتَيْنِ قَبْلَ السُبْحِ and two raka'at before Fajr Subh Sahajid Bukharian Muslim remember this? He says what? I memorized how many raka'at on the Prophet? Ten raka'at Right? In another narration of this hadith he says وَرَكْعَتَيْنِ بَعْدَ الْجُمْعَةِ فِي بَيْتِهِ And two raka'at after Jumu'ah After Salatul Jumu'ah In his home Understand? Two raka'at after Salatul Jumu'ah In his home And in another narration in Muslim Sahih Muslim he says كَانَ إِذَا طَلَعَ الْفَجْرُ لَا يُصَلِّ إِلَّا رَكْعَتَيْنِ خَفِيفَتَيْنِ When the time of Fajr came When the dawn of Fajr approached He did not pray except two light raka'at. Two light raka'at. Okay? Khafifatayn. Meaning it was very, very light. Very easy. Very short. Okay? This hadith mentions to us the, what we call the? The rawatib. Understand? This hadith mentions to us the? Rawatib. Okay? Ibn Umar says, this is what I memorized from the Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this is what we call the Rawatib. It's attached to the, the Fara'id. It's directly connected to the Fara'id. Either before or after, depending. Right? From the benefits of this hadith, Sheikh Ibn Uthaymin says that it's befitting and becoming of a, of a person that he preserves the Rawatib. The ten raka'at. He preserves these ten raka'at. He upholds them. Right? Um, so the two before dhuhr starts. From its time, from after the Zawal. After Zawal is finished, now's the time of Dhuhr. So that's when you can make the Sunnah. Up until Dhuhr. Once the Fard starts, your Sunnah time ends. Right? So you pray the Fard, and then two after Dhuhr. Till when can you make that two Raka'at? Till Asr. Right? Then two before or after Maghrib. Two after Maghrib, which lasts until Isha. Then two after Isha, which lasts until... Midnight, right, which is until midnight. And two before Fajr, which is obviously just before Fajr, right? It can be played in the time before um, Fajr. Okay? Um, then the Sheikh says that if you missed some of the rakat before the Fard, like the Duhar Salah, Let's say you miss that two, which happens often. You come to the Masjid, and they already started the Salah. So what do you do? Can you pray it after the Fard? So you pray the Fard. You've missed the Sunnah before Dhuhr now. So you pray the Fard obviously with the Imam. You're not allowed to pray the Sunnah uh, whilst the Fard is happening. You have to join the Salah. So you join the Fard Salah. After that, the Sheikh says it's permissible to then pray the two after Dhuhr. Pray the two after the duhr. This is permissible and we've spoken about this before. We mentioned this masala before when we spoke about, I think, the uqaat of salah. Uh, so you can pray the, the sunnah after if you missed it for a legitimate reason. So what he says you do is you pray with a niyyah, right, afterwards. You pray the two that you're supposed to be prayed after. Then you make the niyyah of praying the two that you missed out after that two. Understand? So you pray your four fard. Then you pray the normal two that's after the salah. Then you make your niyyah that you're going to pray the two that you missed. After this two now. Understand? He says this is permissible if it was missed for a, re- for a reason. Um, another point the Sheikh makes is the rawatib should be done at home. The rawatib should be done where? At home. When we say should, what do we mean? Ideally. Okay? In an ideal situation. It's best to be done at home, not fard. It's sunnah to be done where? At home. In fact, where are you going to get more reward? If you prayed it at home or in the masjid? You get more reward for praying the rawatib at home than for praying it in the masjid. What if you're in Makkah and Medina? You pray it at the hotel. You get more reward for praying in the hotel than for praying in the haram. Even though the haram, what does the hadith say? The Salah in Masjid al-Nabawi is 1,000 times better than any other Salah in any other Masjid except for Masjid al-Haram which you get 100,000 times more. But yet, to pray the Sunnah at home is more rewarding than that. Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, where did he live? In al Madina. Where did he pray the Sunnahs? Not in Masjid al-Nabawi, at his home. Understand? So that's what applies. The Hadith in Bukhari says, أَفْضَلُ salah. The best Salah of a person fi is what he prays in his home Illal Maktubah. except for the the Fard except for the obligatory Salah any Salah that's a Sunnah is better to be done at home except for the Fard Salah and this applies to the to who? to the men of the Ummah for the woman we say it's best at home but it's also permissible in the Masjid Understand? Your salah is best at home, even the fawd. Best at home, but permissible, fill masjid. Understand? You with me? So if we can, we should try and pray the rawatib at home. If we can. Sometimes it's difficult. If you're on the road, it's impossible. If you know you're going to miss the salah, because sometimes we fall from the masjid. And in our culture today, most of the masajid don't wait very long. So the adhan goes, before you get in your car, they already started the fard. You know? So it's a little, but Alhamdulillah at our masjid, we wait at least 15 minutes. So if you stay about five minutes away, you can pray the two and you can still make it for the fard. For example, you understand? So Alhamdulillah it's possible, but where it's not possible, pray it in the masjid. But ideally, where do we want to pray it? At home. Right, that's going to be your best option. But there's more reward in that. And Allah Azza wa Jal knows best. طيب, what does the Sheikh then says? If you come to the masjid and the salah starts, as we said, the iqamah goes. What do you do? Can you pray before the iqamah? If you pray and the Iqama goes. Let's say you start Allahu Akbar and the iqamah goes off. You hear the the Mu'adhin stands up, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. What now? Complete the what you do, the hadith says is, when the iqama goes, uqima أُقِيمَت salah, then there is no salah that's allowed except for the fard salah. So, that means you, break so you break your salah. You break your sunnah and you join the fard. Because why? إِذَا سَمِعْتُمُ الْإِقَامَ The hadith says, when you hear the iqama, famshu ila salah. Head to the salah. Go straight to the Salah. And upon you is to be calm and collected and patient and do not haste, do not rush. That's also against the Sunnah. You hear the iqama, you got to go to the Salah and you got to join the Fard Salah. Because the Hadith says when the iqama goes, then there's no Salah that's valid except for the Fard Salah. So here this is why we say, go to the Salah. Don't wait. You understand? Um, as for Jumu'ah, then there's no sunnah before Jumu'ah. That is Tahiyatul Masjid. And no sunnah has authentically and clearly been narrated Right? on this issue. You pray the two for Tahiyatul Masjid as you enter, and then you wait for the khutbah. You make dhikr and adhkar and dua and so forth, and you wait for the khutbah. After Jumu'ah, that's another issue which we will get to be, in idhnillahi ta'ala. Um, the next point of benefit is the Raatiba of Fajr, the two before Fajr is, how is it? Lengthy or short? The two before Fajr, is it lengthy or short? What did I say when I read the Hadith? I read the Hadith and I said, It is khafifa. it's light, it's short, it's very short. The two before Fajr is what? Very short, right? Because that's how they describe the messenger's prayer. In fact, one narration says, Aisha says, I didn't even know he recited the Fatiha. That's how fast he went through the two before Fajr. Now, this doesn't mean that you got to speed through it. It just means that it's not a lengthy prayer. It's a short prayer, understand? But she is saying, it was as if trying to show a point. It was very short. It was not a, a lengthy prayer. Um, then Ebn Tayyamin says, what's better? To pray it short or to lengthen it? Because if we lengthen it, we can add more dua, more salah, more tasbih, more takbir, more adhkar in the salah. So what's better? Shorten is better. The best of guidance is the guidance of Muhammad. We cannot outdo the guidance of Rasulullah Stick to the sunnah, it's better. It's always better. And this is why the, we know the, the ayah in Suratul Mulk, We Allah spoke about, he will test us the, in that which is Right? أَحْسَنُ amala and not أَكْثَرُ amala. Allah tests us to see who is best indeed and not who is the most indeed. أَحْسَنُ not أَكْثَر أَكْثَر you know what's أَكْثَر? kathir. Not, not who does the most. Allah wants to see who does the best. And the best is what is in alignment with the, with the sunnah. That's the best. The best is what is the most sincere and what is the most correct. Correct meaning it's in accordance with the sunnah. Understand? The Sheikh makes some examples on this point. He says, "If What's better? Is it better to play, to play 11 raka'at of tarawih or 23 raka'at? Or 29 or 39 raka'at? What's better? The Prophet played 11. 8 Taraweeh, 3 witr. Right? So he says that's better. Even though the other is more. But this is more closer to the, the Sunnah. So that's better. Right? Another point he makes is, um, the issue of after the salah, we make tasbih thirty three times, alhamdulillah thirty three times, Allah akbar thirty three times, and then la ilaha illallah, right? So whatever person comes, I'm gonna say three hundred times, subhanallah, three hundred times, alhamdulillah, three hundred times, Allah akbar. What then? And one hundred times la ilaha illallah wa That makes a thousand instead of a hundred. What do we say? 33 is better. Why? It's in accordance with the sunnah. This is the principle that we need to understand. It's not about quantity. It's about quality. This is a famous statement everybody made. We want quality over quantity. Well, Allah also wants quality over quantity. Follow the sunnah and you will be rightly guided. And that's why the, 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 the uh, imams of the salaf would say al-Sunnah في min al-Ijtihad fi al-Bid'ah." He said Iqtisad with regards to the sunnah. Iqtisad is, uh, how do I translate it? Al-Iqtisad fi sunnah, يعني, a few deeds, that's according to the sunnah, is better than striving hard in bid'ah. Simplicity in the sunnah, being, you know, short and sweet, but according to the sunnah, is better than striving hard in bid'ah. This is the point that we need to understand. It's not about how much you do, it's about what you are doing. Is it in accordance with the sunnah or not? If it is, alhamdulillah. If it's not, cut it out, bidnillahi ta'ala. Ta'ib. Regarding the ratiba al fajr, the sheikh says there are three matters that we can mention. Number one, it's the best of all the rawatib. The most important of all the rawatib is which one? The two before fajr. The two before Fajr. That's the best one compared to all of the others. After Maghrib, after Isha, before, after Zuhur. The best is the two before Fajr. Why? The hadith says that the two raka'at of Fajr فيها, is better than this dunya and whatever it contains. The two raka'at before Fajr is better than this dunya and whatever it contains. That's point number one. Point number two is Rasulullah Sallallahu wa sallama He prayed the two before Fajr Hadaran safaran He prayed it when he was a resident And when he was a A traveler He never left off the two before Fajr But when he traveled The other Rawatib He would leave them out He would leave them out He would omit them So the two after Maghrib He did not pray The two after Isha The two before and after Dhuhr He did not pray them Only the two before Fajr, he upheld it when, even as a traveler. Um, and thirdly, there's a specific recitation to be done in the, the two before Fajr. What are they? Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alamin, of course, the Fatiha. And then? And then? al-Kafirun, oh, um, um, and, um, and um, oh, oh. The first rak'ah, Fatiha, and Qul Ya Ayyuh Al Kafirun, Suratul Kafirun. The second rak'ah, Al Fatiha and Suratul Ikhlas. Qul Hu Ahad. That is narrated in the Sunnah. What's also narrated that most people don't know is at times the Prophet would recite in the first rak'ah the Fatiha, and then Ayah number 136 of Surah Baqarah. Ayah number 136 of Baqarah. Kulu Aman Billahi, Wama Unzila Ilaina, Wama Unzila Ila Ibrahima, Isma'ila Wizhakawa Yakuba Wal Asbot. Wama Utia Musa Waisa Wama Utia Nabi Yunamir Rabbihim. Lanu Fadrikubaina Ahadin Minhum Wanahnulahu muslimun First Raqqa and down. The second Raka'ah he would recite Ayah number sixty four of Ali Imran. Ayah number sixty four of Surah Ali Imran, where Allah says, kitabi, wa bainakum, alla Allah naabuda illa min fa that ayah and down. The meaning. You can check up the meaning, inshallah just to save time, I'm gonna. Uh, move on to the next ahadith um, but basically that's the sunnah, right? read up on the meaning to get a, an accurate t- translation um, of those two ayat okay? so what's the best thing to do is, memorize the two ayat if you know them, memorize them if you don't know them, memorize them, if you know them alhamdulillah, sometimes kafirun and qul ahad and sometimes, these two ayat as a pair So sometimes kafirun and ahad, and sometimes these two ayat to fulfill the sunnah in the best point, in the best possible way. Understand? Tayyib, khayr. So sometimes, sometimes, as we said. As for the other rawatib, nothing specific has been narrated concerning what should be recited therein. Understand? So nothing has been narrated about the dhuhr salah and referring to the rawatib again, not the fard. And nothing has been narrated regarding the two after Isha. As for the two after maghrib then there is a hadith that mentions also and أحد, Although the Shaykh says نظر, which means the hadith has issues with the chain of narration. Although sheikh albani bani Rahimallah mentions it in his book, sifat Salah, and he accepts the hadith. Right? But the Shaykh says fihi meaning some of the scholars have said it's weak. Right and, it's sh- and others have accepted it like Albani Rahimahullah So it's also narrated for the two of the Maghrib to read At times Qul ya'i wal kafirun And Qul huwa Allah Ahad but not the one, not Surah Bahra, Surah Imran. No, no Only these two طيب, Next hadith Ram Aisha anha she said, Hadith Bukhari, Aisha, she says that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Hardly left off four before Zuhr and two before Fajr. Two before Fajr, right? We've spoken about the two before Fajr. Now she says what? Four Raka'at before Zuhr. She says what? Four raka'at before dhuhr. What did the previous hadith say of Ibn Umar? He said, I memorized ten raka'at. And he said two before Dhuhr. Aisha now says what? La yada'u. Which means he never left it off. Yeah, Ibn Uthaymin explains what's meant by this. He says is, most of the time. Most of the time, this is what he used to do. Except for now and then. Right? So majority of the time, he never left this off. He always prayed four before dhuhr. And the two before? The two before Fajr. Understand? Then the Sheikh goes into a discussion and he says, is the four before Dhuhr in one go or in two by two? Do you understand? Is it done in four rak'at Or is it two rak'at, two rak'at? Okay. He discusses in difference of opinion. I would say to keep it simple, just do it two by two. Right? Because you're gonna end the people's gonna get confused if we open up this door, do four in one with one tahiyat and all the keep it simple and do. Two and two. Understand? Two raka'at, make salam. Two raka'at, make salam. Then you do the fard. Are you with me? طيب. Um, The two before fajr is explained from the benefits of this hadith. Is this hadith proves that the ratiba of dhuhr is how many? Four before dhuhr. And then the two after dhuhr. Whereas the hadith of Ibn Umar only mentioned two before dhuhr. Okay, we're going to get there. Um, which one the sheikh says, which one do we follow? Which hadith do we follow? So he says some of the scholars have said we take the hadith of Ibn Umar. Why? Because Ibn Umar said, Hafiztu An Rasulullah. He says, This is what I I'm, memorized from the messenger of Allah. That's that's emphatic wording, right? And others said, No, we take the hadith of Aisha. Why is this? Because um, There is no contradiction here, rather there is an additional bit of knowledge that she is giving us. Additional bit of information that she is giving us. And we can rather take the addition, because the addition includes what he says and adds. That's additional knowledge. It's not like she's a liar, it's not like she's not trustworthy. She knew the affairs of the the messenger better than anybody else. So this is what? Additional information that perhaps he missed. That perhaps he, he missed. She saw the Prophet Sallallahu on a daily basis, or often at least, right? So she would have known his affairs best. So this is additional information, right? ziyadatu ilm it's additional knowledge. Um, and that includes what he said and more. Hence certain scholars said what? We take the hadith of Aisha, it's also in Bukhari, it's authentic. There's no doubt over the authenticity. So certain scholars said that. Um, <clears throat> And also, what did she say? He never left us off. It was done often. It was done most of the time. Are you with me? So I would say we take the hadith of Aisha. Okay, because it's the Additional knowledge that she is giving us that Ibn Umar might have missed. Are you with me? If a person only prays two, there's no sin upon him. There's no sin upon him. But majority of the time, you should try and pray for. You should try and pray for and Allah knows best. Question. طيب and another the next hadith is also from Aisha where she said Lam يكن, uh, She says that the prophet was not so regular or eager to perform of the nawafil than the al fajr there was no salah of the nawafil right of the voluntary prayers that he was more eager to fulfill than the two before fajr understand the hadith bukhari and muslim and in muslim it says raka'ata al fajri khayr min dunya wa ma fiha the two before fajr is better than the dunya and whatever it contains it is better than the dunya and whatever it contains right again we spoke about this uh, we touched on this issue that he never left it off right even on a journey on travel the two before fajr was not omitted hence she is saying what he was the most eager to perform this are you with me and this shows the importance of the two before fajr the other narration then tells us even further that the uh, two before Fajr is better than the dunya and whatever it contains. Better than the dunya. What is the dunya? What's meant by the dunya? What's meant by the dunya is the hayah of this dunya, the life in this dunya, right? And it's referred to in Arabic as dunya, dunya because uh, the word of the word dunu. It comes from the word dunu, which means something which is short, something which is nearby. Something which is close in proximity. Understand? And also something which is low or close or low in status. This is this is what the word dunu means. Right? It means something low or something close. Are you with me? Not something high, not something far. This is what... So, this is the dunya. It's daniya. It's something low or near. It's something very low in terms of its time. Compared to the akhirah. Akhirah is eternal. The dunya is... Short compared to the Akhirah. Also, it's dunya in terms of its status. Compared to the Akhirah. Khairun wa abqad The Akhirah is khayrun. It's better. And it's everlasting. Whereas the dunya is short lived. The dunya is uh, it's short and it is also in status. It's low. There's nothing great about it. There's nothing fancy about it. There's nothing there's nothing great about it. You understand? In fact the hadith says the whole dunya is cursed. This whole dunya is cursed except for who? Except for the alim. Except for the scholar of deen. And the student of deen. And the circles of knowledge. The circles of dhikr. The, uh, dhikrullah I think it says. As the hadith actually is. Right? Uh, I might have misquoted that in. But he says what? dunya مَلْعُونَهُ the whole dunya is mal'oona, it's cursed, except for the alim, the scholar, and the student of deen, and the remembrance of Allah. The remembrance of Allah. As Allah Azza wa Jal says, بَلْ dunya wal-akhiratu وَالْآخِرَةُ wa abqa." Allah says, but rather they preferred this life this dunya. They preferred it. They gave it preference. However, the akhirah is better, and everlasting this is the reality that that unfortunately we don't see right the akhirah is better and everlasting but unfortunately what does insan do they prefer this life the life of this world so this is why it's called dunya because of that lowliness that shortness of it in terms of its time and lowliness in terms of status comes from that word dunu, and that's why it's called dunya in arabic it's important to know this because now we understand that even the word itself gives us a hint about the reality of this dunya. About the haqiqah, the true nature of this dunya. And the Sheikh says if, if we actually reflected over it, we would find this is the truth. If you reflected over this world, you will find that this is the truth. Right? That's why this dunya one day is good, one day is bad. يوم اللاك و Isn't it so? You have a good day today and tomorrow is a bad day. The next day is a good day, then there's a bad day. Then you go through times of goodness and you go through times of hardship and difficulty and strife and struggle. That's dunya. This is not Jannah. It's not the Akhirah. This is how the dunya is. We have to understand the reality of the dunya. Right? And that's why the sheikh, he says, most of the time, this is how it works. To get to the beauty and the, and the, the purity and the goodness of the dunya, you first have to go through... Worry, distress, and then comes the ease You know, you first have to kind of struggle a bit That's how the dunya works That's how Allah Azza wa created Allah Azza wa made it From the hikmah of Allah Azza wa This is how he made the dunya And so this is why he says it's not, and it's not befitting It's not becoming of insan That we rely on this on the dunya We rely on dunya we issues You know, it's not what we are made for it's just a temporary journey as the hadith of the Prophet. What did he say? Ma ana ma How does the hadith start? What is there for me in this dunya? This dunya is nothing. What is there for me in this dunya? illa binista shajaratin wa He says, I am only like a rider. You have a rider on a horse on a journey. He takes a rest under a tree for some shade. Then he gets up and he continues and he carries on. That resting station that the rider stops for, takes a small nap, sits under the tree for a bit, that's the dunya. That's the dunya. Understand? هَكَذَا الْحَيَاءَ خَيْرٌ dunya wa wa mafiha. Whatever it contains, the hadith says, it's better than all of this. Picture any of the bounties of this dunya. Any of the beautification any of the adornments of this dunya from wealth from status from maraki. you know your, your rides today cars. back then it was camels the red camels picture the best of cars the best of wealth the best of status picture the best of homes and castles and palaces the best of buildings the best of wives children picture all of these things the hadith says The two before Fajr is better than the dunya And whatever it contains Whatever it contains Subhanallah How how is this? Can this be? Can this be? Allahumustaan So the Sheikh says The dunya from the the first to the last of it From the beginning of the time to end This two rakaat is better than this dunya This two rakaat is what? Is better than the dunya because the Prophet said so. Because the Prophet He said so. We believe in what he said. What's going to happen on Qiyamah? What's going to happen on Qiyamah? Picture, the Sheikh says, picture all of these kings, all of these leaders and presidents, all of the scholars, all of them that have left, that have left this dunya. Whether they had status and wealth and whatever they had. What's it that they're going to hope for? After they die. What are they going to hope for? Jannah. Besides Jannah. Before Jannah and Jahannam comes. What's it that they're longing to do? Yes, they will long for Jannah, definitely. But what, what regrets do they have? The what regrets do they have? What did they wish they did more of? Good. Good. This is why the hadith says, حَتَّى إِذَا جَاءَ أَحَدَهُمُ الْمَوْتُ Until the time will come to them when moat will come to one of them. Moat will come to them and what will they say? He will say, oh my Lord, send me back. Return me. Why, am I sm- why would he say this? What does the Quran say? What's the next thing he's going to say? Don't just send me back. Don't send me back from the cars. Don't send me back for the women, for the boys. Don't send me back for houses and wealth and for this and for that. Send me back for what? Send me back so that I can hopefully do some righteous deeds. I can do something that's that's righteous, that's good in that which I left off. In that which I didn't do. Send me back so I can do something good, something righteous in that which I missed out in that which I left behind. This is the regret. This is what they will cry over. This is what they will hope for. So the Sheikh, says, this is the only thing that these people will hope for. They're not going to hope for anything of the dunya. They will not hope for any of the beauties of this world. The only thing that they will cry over, the only thing that they will hope for. Is to send, Allah send me back so I can do something righteous, something good that I missed out on, that I didn't do. This is the reality. And this is, if you think of this now, think of the hadith. The two before Fajr is, dunya It's better than this dunya and whatever it contains. So what does this tell us? If you can do that two before Fajr, now compare that to, to something of this world. Compare that to, is it going to benefit you after you died? Some worldly thing, but is that two before for going to benefit you? Billah is going to benefit you, but Allah Azzawajal it's going to benefit you. Now we see the reality of this hadith. Now we see the reality of righteous deeds. It's better than this world and whatever it contains. It's your re- righteous deeds that last. That is what will last. That's what will be with you in your Qabr. It's not your cause. It's not your home. It's not your family. As the hadith says, when the person is buried, what happens? When he's buried, his family, they follow him. His deeds, they follow him. And his wealth, they follow him to his grave. Two of them leave and one remains. The family leave you behind. Your wealth leaves you behind. But only your deeds remain. Only your deeds stay behind. It's better than this dunya and whatever the dunya contains of adornment, of pleasure, of bounty, especially those two raka'at, the raka'at before Fajr, subhanAllah. So the sheikh he makes another example. He says, if somebody mentioned to a person that you see in that city there, over there, the town over there, a little bit far away, if you travel to there, somebody is going to give you a palace, a castle. All you have to do is just go there. He says, every single person would exert himself, tire himself out and make sure he makes the, the journey. He will make sure he gets there because he's getting a palace. He's getting himself a castle. But tell that person the two before Fajr is min ad dunya wa ma Tell him the two before Fajr is better than this world and whatever it contains. What's he gonna do? Huh? Yet the majority, the ummah, they neglect the two before Fajr. They, they don't pray the two before Fajr. If they pray the fard even, wallahu a'lam. But this is the reality of the condition of the people. So the Sheikh says, tell him, they will all go out. Make sure we can't miss it. Isn't it so? How can you miss that bargain? How can you miss that opportunity to get there? Huh? We will fight each other to get there. But the two before Fajr, better than every single castle put together. All of the adornments and furniture and diamonds and jewels, all of this dunya, the two before Fajr, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, masduq Asadi Amin. He said so. The trustworthy, the truthful one, he said so. It's better than the dunya and whatever it contains. Where do we fight each other? Where do we wake each other up? Where do we wallahu must? Hal, this is the condition of the Ummah, God, Allah rectify our fears. I mean the Sheikh then says, Is this two raka'at better than witr? Is this two raka'at better than witr? Yes or no? So the Sheikh says that many ulama of the opinion that witr is fard, witr is wajib. Why? Because there are ahadith whereby he instructed us to make witr. He commanded us with a command. He said, "Make witr. إجعلوا witran. Make the last prayer of yours at night your witr." So instructions, a command. So certain scholars said it's, it's a fard, and a fard is always better than a than a sunnah, than a nafil, than a ta'aww. So from that angle, he says the witr still has a status over the two before Fajr. But if compared to the rest of the Rawatib, then the two before Fajr is better than all of the other Rawatib. But many of the ulama still said that the witr is still better than, than the two before Fajr. And Allah Azza wa Jalla knows best. Right, again he mentions, if you come to the masjid and... Um, the the Imam starts the Salah or well, he starts the Salah and you are praying that mm-hmm. right, we discuss the issue what should you do? you break it off you join the Imam Sheikh Tzfz he says I should not pray the two and if he prays the two he says it's batila it's not accepted and he will be sinful for this why? We mentioned the hadith إِذَا أُقِيمَتِ fala فَلَا صلاة إِلَّا الْمَكْتُوبَةِ He says when the iqama is given for salah there is no salah and this is a la نافية نافية means it's negation there is no salah right نافي siha basically which means there is no valid salah there is no valid salah or, or, or that's accepted except the fard salah you understand? So what the person should do is join the fard salah immediately. Join the fard salah immediately. Um, And then the Sheikh mentions that when the Imam makes taslim, he can then stand up and pray the two raka'at of fajr that he missed. Pray the sunnah that he missed. And this comes in a hadith. This is established in a hadith. Some people say this is against the sunnah. Right? Recently somebody mentioned this to me. It's a, no. How can you do this? It's against the sunnah because there's a hadith that mentions that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did not pray after the Fard Salah, after Fajr, sorry, right? Until after sunrise, then the, the waqt of duha comes in. But that time is usually a time when Salah is prohibited, right? After the Fard Salah, of Fajr, up until sun, the sun has risen, that time is a waqt that's manhi'an. It's forbidden, right? So the people say, to pray the two after Fajr is against the Sunnah. Right? But that's this hadith. With the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi after the Fajr prayer, he saw a man stand up and pray. And so he says to the man, what's happening? Relax. We already prayed. Why are you praying again? And so the man said to him, I missed the two before the Fajr. I missed the two before, before the Fajr. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi then allowed it. He allowed him to to pray this too. Understand? And that's an authentic hadith. So this proves that if you missed it. You can pray it afterwards. No problem. Although the sheikh says. If you want to wait. Till after sunrise. You can do that as well. The only problem with this is. is most people forget by then. If you wait that time period out. Most people forget to pray the two. And then they miss it. So he says. If that's going to happen. If you fear that you're going to forget. Pray it immediately after the. After the Fard salah. Tayyib. Um, so some of the benefits of this hadith, the Raatiba al Fajr is the most important of all the rawatib. It's the most important and the most virtuous of all the rawatib. Um, also, yeah, that shows us the virtue of the salah. The reward in the akhirah is better than the reward of this dunya, the Sheikh says. Because the sunnah of Fajr is not better than the salah of Fajr. So we spoke about the sunnah of Fajr, that it's better than this world, whatever it contains. That's not even touching the fard salah. That's not even mentioning the fard. That's just for the sunnah. To get to the fart, a fart is always better than a sunnah. Understand? So if that's the reward of the fart, of the sunnah, that it's better than this whole world, then what's gonna, what is the reward in the Akhirah and what is the reward for the fard salah? You understand? What is the reward for the, for the fard salah? And then the Sheikh mentions another point of benefit which is uh, the lowliness of the dunya, and the the lowliness of the dunya, and the insignificance of the dunya, that the dunya is really worthless, right? It's really in reality to work and to earn for the dunya is of no benefit to a person. In reality, it's not going to benefit you. As we mentioned, the the, the, the examples in your qabr, it's not going to come. It's not, gonna akhira, it's not going to help you. In the akhirah, it's not going to help you. Illa masha Allah. Um, the last point of benefit, he says, is we see the great bounty of Allah and the grace and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala such that He rewards us for a simple ta'a, a simple act of obedience. Just two raka'at. A sunnah prayer, but yet the reward is so great. is so great. And this shows us the the fadl of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, now the great bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So next week we we'll continue. I'll mention this last hadith. Because it's, uh, it just adds on to the previous one. From Umm Habibah, Umm Al-Mu'mineen, radiallahu anha. She said, Sami'tun Nabiya, sallallahu alayhi wa sallama, yaqul, Man sallathnata ashrata rak'atan fi yawmin wa laylatin, Bunya lahu bihinna baytun fi jannah, Rawahu muslim wa fi riwayat, Tatawu'an, Basically, what we just explained, mentioned in another hadith from Um Habiba, mother of the believers, the wife of the Prophet, she said, I heard the Prophet saying, Whoever prays 12 raka'at in a day and night, for him, he will get a house in Jannah. A house in paradise will be built for him. And Muslim adds the narration which is ta'tawu'an. Twelve raka'at which is Not Fard Meaning Described 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 could be Fard We said the opposite of Fard Sunnah Right? Mustahab um, Deed He will get the house in paradise for this So this adds to which hadith? The hadith of Aisha remember Which was against the hadith of Ibn Umar, because Ibn Umar said 10 raka'at, right? This hadith adds to what Aisha said, 4 before Dhuhr. And here the narration that told me this is, 4 before Dhuhr, 2 after Dhuhr, 2 after Maghrib, 2 after Isha, and 2 before Fajr. So this adds to what we basically explained earlier on. There's nothing much to add here except, one of the rewards for upholding the rawatib, which is 12 raka'at daily, is the person will have a special house built for him in Jannah. And a house, don't picture a house to look like this. Right? Don't picture a house to look like our homes. A house in Jannah is not like a house in this world. A house in Jannah is completely different. It's built of gold and silver and of things that's beyond our comprehension. So I don't think it's a simple thing. Ah, we get a house in paradise. You know, Allah Musta'an. I mean again we can say like Ibn Usaim said, people will work for a house in this world. They will go through riba, they will go through 50 years of paying off a bond, but years 12 raka'at wa'aws in Jannah that they won't do for their whole life. Right or wrong, this is the reality of the Ummah. You know, subhanallah. it puts things into perspective and it's a wake up call for all of us. Wallah, <laughs> Musta'an, wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa raka'at wa sallam wa raka'at wa 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 la ilaha wa 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 ilayk. wa When the comma takes place,